We got, we got, we got, we got some stuff going. We got rolling, we're rolling. Uh, I'm gonna count us down. You ready? You ready for the countdown? Yes. Ready in three, two. Hey guys, this is missing out. I'm Tari. I'm Lex. And today we're gonna talk about a sweet, sweet movie. We are a sweet. <laughs> Great. We are. That's exciting. Yes, we are talking about the seminal classic Rocky from 1976, directed by John G. Avildsen and starring and written by Sylvester Stallone. It also stars Talia Shire, uh, Burt Young, Burgess Meredith, and Carl Weathers. Good stuff. Yep. Uh, and I've never seen it, so this was my first time, my first exposure to Rocky. Yeah, so you've never seen any of the Rocky movies with the exception of Creed you've seen. Right. Okay. So that was, Creed was technically my first Rocky movie, um, which it, I guess it was a Rocky movie. What's interesting about Creed is you can watch it and I think it works great in a vacuum. Uh, I think Creed is, was, when did that come out? 2015? Uh, 2016. Was it? Was it 16? Yeah. We should know this. last year. Uh, one of the best movies of whatever year it was that it came out in, and what I think is really cool about it is that it works great in a vacuum. I mean, I think everybody has some cultural understanding of the character of Rocky because Rocky has become such an iconic pop cultural figure. Yeah. Uh, but you can watch it having never seen any of the other Rocky movies, and it plays like gangbusters, I think. Mm-hmm. But if you watch it having seen all of the previous Rocky movies, it does play a little bit like Rocky Seven. Yeah. In a way that I think is really cool. I think it's wonderful that the movie can do both. Yeah. Like, when I was watching it originally, I I was like, this is a really good movie, but I feel like there's a layer that I am slightly missing out on, and that there are all these moments where I feel like it was referencing older content, or, like, the other movies, and, like, there were a lot of nods, and people behind me and around me were like, oh my gosh, this is this, and this is that, and, like, there were people crying when I didn't know why they were crying. Sure. And so now, like, I have a little bit more of the context of it, but I feel like there's still, like, five or six other movies yes. that, like, would help me with the weight of it. There is, uh, there are six Rocky movies before Creed, and, uh, at some point, when is it? At uh, between between five and six, so between Rocky Five and Rocky Balboa, mm-hmm. um, he we're getting like way ahead in the mythology. But at that at that point, he loses Adrian. Adrian succumbs to some type of cancer, so she has passed away. By the time we get to Rocky Balboa, but Polly is still hanging around. But by the time we get to Creed, Polly's passed on as well. And you get uh, as you saw, you get the scene where Rocky gets his chair and he has well he has the chair in the tree I believe mm-hmm. and he brings the newspaper and he sits at their graves just to spend time with them and it's like you 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 understand like you're saying you understand what's happening if you've never seen any of the other Rocky movies but yeah. if you have especially if you've seen all of them you have a relationship with these characters the way that Rocky does maybe it doesn't run quite as deep because it's Rocky's it's literally his family but you you know who they are you feel a connection to them as well and so you feel that same sense of loss that Rocky does. Uh, but what I think is really interesting, uh, going back, because I've seen all of the Rocky movies, I've seen them all a couple of times, but it's mm-hmm. been a little while for me. What I thought was really interesting going back and revisiting the original was doing my best to try and watch it in a vacuum. Because Rocky was released in 76, so yeah. it, it predates me by a, a couple of years. By the time I existed, there were a few Rocky movies, and he was already 
for all intents and purposes, Rocky was already basically a, a, a comic book character. You know what I mean? He was already like, it was basically like yeah. Rambo status, but with fewer guns. His guns were were, were these were his, guns, yes, not the few guns. Arms and not his. And so, trying to watch Rocky in a vacuum, to ignore everything that came after, to ignore the fact that I know, you know, we see the beginning of his relationship with Apollo Creed, for example, but I know how that relationship continues to develop over the course of three more movies, and then Mm -hmm. eventually in Creed, Rocky has a relationship with Apollo's son. I know all of that. I know where his relationship with Adrian goes, where his relationship with Polly goes, where they go together as a unit. I know where his career goes, all of the highs, and then all the subsequent lows, and then scraping your way back up. I know all of that. So to try and forget that I know all of that, and to just try and appreciate the movie as a one-off, story completely on its own terms ignoring mm-hmm. any franchise attachments that it may have and to see a if I was able to do that successfully which I believe I, I was and B to see how well it holds up and for me and I'm, I'm curious to get your take on it but for me I think it holds up better than I would have thought and I would have thought pretty okay okay um, I I think in terms of story and character like it still resonates i think in terms of pacing it definitely has an older like lingering feel to it like it's a two-hour movie and i feel like now if it was made it would have been closer to like hour and a half kind of got rid of some of the um the character building stuff there's a lot of there's a lot of business there's a lot of quiet moments there's a lot of following Rocky around right. just as he lives his life essentially that yeah I think you're right I think either we would have seen a more truncated version of this if it were released today yeah. or more likely we'd see a version where it's like well, damn, we got to page 20 we got to get him fighting somebody else right now right and uh, I think that from from a, a movie standpoint I guess also trying to take it in from a vacuum I, I think that like it's interesting to have that much time to like live with this character and kind of see what he's about and see what like is important to him um but i do think that like as as someone watching in in 2017 like i di- i was ready for him to kind of get into the the crux of the fight cuz like essentially up until the first hour is done it, there are two parallel stories going on there is the creed the like apollo stuff where he's just tr- like dicking around and trying to like make a really patriotic fun show for everyone and then there's the like rocky sad show where he's like walking <laughs> around being um bummed out that he hasn't followed his dreams and then at some point those two intersect and it's and they don't even really intersect un- up until the last 20 minutes there's still parallel stories but it's it's rocky slightly uh kind of intersecting with it at different moments like the part where the the guy on apollo's team sees him on tv and then um when the manager comes in and does assorted things to talk to rock talk, talking to rocky into doing the the fight right um so like i i like that that has happened i just wish it would have happened a little earlier like i wish they would have established their relationship a little sooner and it's interesting too for a movie that is is known primarily as i mean the whole series they're known primarily as boxing movies there is not really until that last set piece there's only one fight in the movie we see him train a whole bunch yeah but the it opens with a fight between rocky and spider rico mm-hmm. and we don't if i'm unless i'm forgetting something we don't see him 
boxing again until that last fight at the end of the movie. A lot of training, a lot of montage, a lot of yeah. him in the ring and like sparring and stuff, but we don't actually see like a fight fight mm -hmm. until then we get to the climax. Right. Which I actually really liked because uh, especially when it comes to like training, especially the way that he was doing it where he was doing the meat stuff and he was doing a lot of like cardio and things like that. You can tell that in the very beginning of the climactic fight, he hadn't been fighting an opponent. Like he was taking a lot of punches to the face, just kind of like, I, I, I feel like it was too many punches to the face. Um, I feel like he should have kept his hands up a little bit more, but that's not something you do a lot when you're not sparring with another person. Right. So like, I felt like that was a really good way of kind of starting that fight and that he's just getting used to fighting, especially like a really top tier opponent. And then he had to really get into it as the fight was going on. Sure. Um, so I like that aspect that it wasn't uh, it wasn't just him beating a bunch of people up until he got to the beginning because you would have got over the boxing shiz early on. Right, which I do agree with, and I think it's interesting that it's not it. Yes, it is a boxing movie, but I think boxing is almost more of a device. Yeah. To tell the story that they're trying to tell, the story is not of Rocky the boxer; is about Rocky the guy; is about. And, and Rocky, to me, I, I was surprised at how much, like, the, the Rocky-Adrian relationship has always been, of course, the big beating heart of the entire series. But I was struck this time how it, it, not that it hadn't worked for me in the past, but, like, how weirdly I connected with both of them in a way that I felt like I hadn't before. Interesting. Because it's not, it's not a story about a guy who, who beats the heavyweight champion. If you remember, at the end of the movie, Rocky doesn't even technically win. Yeah. The whole point for Rocky isn't about, am I going to beat Apollo Creed when it comes down to it? The whole point is, am I going to be able to really take a stand and prove to myself, forget everybody else, prove to myself, mm -hmm. finally, definitively, that I am worth it, that I can do this. Yeah. And Adrian has her own version of that as well. It's not as, as big. It's not as showy. There's not, you know, you don't fight Carl Weathers in the ring to, to gain your self-esteem if you're Adrian. But Adrian has a smaller, quiet version of that journey as well. There was a moment, there's a moment where he is, calls her pretty, I think. And mm -hmm. she can't even accept the compliment because she's been so... Worn down. So worn down. Yeah. And you see her relationship with Polly. And Polly... Not, Polly's not a bad guy, but oh man, he's a jerk. Yeah, can we talk about Polly? I there are a number of like unlikable characters in this movie, and Polly is like the the highest on the list. Yes. Like when he has that big freak out, and it like is the last straw for Adrian. And she finally asserts herself. Yeah. Like after, and you you know this is the first time she's ever stood up to Polly in that way, and I mm -hmm. love that she is drawing strength, finally like allowing herself to draw strength from her relationship with Rocky, the same way that Rocky has been looking to draw strength from his relationship with Adrian. Yeah. And she finally does. She finally stands up to him. And I think that moment, that moment is great. But before we get to that moment, it's a little it's, it gets ugly at times, yeah. the way the way Polly treats his sister. And again, now I I talked about trying to watch this in a vacuum, but I do think uh, speaking specifically about Polly, Polly's a really interesting character to track through the entire series because yeah. he is a part of the family and he becomes he's never not a bit of a jerk mm -hmm. but he he becomes less l ugly about it in the way right. that we see in the first movie certainly and it's never easy to love Polly but it becomes a lot easier because 
Rocky loves Polly. Yeah. And you know that Rocky's not the type of guy that would stand by somebody like Polly if Polly wasn't capable of love and goodness yeah. as well. You don't quite see as much of that in this movie, but even in the first movie, there are a number of times where Polly like will be talking to Rocky and will say something and Rocky will be like, That's dude, come on. Like that's enough of that. But then in the next breath, will laugh and they'll turn and they'll they'll move on. Yeah. I I think that that's what I the one redeeming factor about Polly is that uh, and I'm sure as the as as you said as it goes on like there are more redeeming factors but like But the, he's always at best he's always super prickly. Yes. Uh, but their relationship is handled in a realistic like family-like manner. Like in in normal sh- shows and, and and movies the moment that he had that big uh, like falling out and and essentially Adrian left you would have never seen him again right well, but like he, he came back and he's right. like hey you know maybe we could do this other thing and Rocky being a big man kind of allowed him back into his life and and even allowed him to sponsor him in in the ring just because Polly was just looking to do something yes you know and I I like that like there were a lot of really weird specific realistic aspects of, of this story that I really enjoyed and I don't think that I think is is kind of lacking in a lot of stories we watch now like just uh, even the fact that Rocky is he's a really old protagonist like he's 30 years old in this movie he's past his prime and he for the for the most part no one feels like he's ever going to be worth anything which is the complete opposite of everything that we typically see like when usually we get young upstart protagonists who are just about to reach their potential and you see them ushered into it whereas he is past all that and he till the moment of the fight questions if he can even do what he's supposed to do right there's a through line that you see uh that is exactly what you're describing that all of these characters have. Rocky has his version of that, and obviously he is our primary protagonist, so he is the one with whom we explore it the most fully. But Adrian's got her own quieter version of that as well. And even Polly does. Like you reference Polly just really wanting to just be, be a part of just to do something. Yeah. Um, and to get just a pat on the back. A pat on the back and a little piece of the pie for having done something. Yeah. And I think it's important too that Polly doesn't want I mean, I'm sure he would take it, but he doesn't want reward for nothing. He wants an opportunity to to do something himself as well. Yeah. But all of these characters are yearning. They're they're desperately yearning for belonging, for acceptance, for the the inner push to clear that one big hurdle. And I think it's a really cool and you don't see it that much or you don't see it explored that earnestly, that that touchingly. And I think it goes back to these extended scenes where we just get to spend time with these characters and we get to live their lives with them. We get to essentially spend a couple of days at the beginning with Rocky and we see he's he's doing okay, he's making it work for himself, but his life is it's it's sad. And I don't yeah. say it's sad in like in a judgmental way. It's sad in that it literally makes the dude upset. Right. Uh he will earn a little bit of money doing those fights whenever he's able to, but like you say like he's already 30 and he's already starting to get uh, pushed out in favor of maybe younger fighters that people see as uh, having more potential mm-hmm. and then that's obviously it's not enough to make his overhead so he's got to go and uh, do collections for a loan shark to make a little bit of extra money and he's treated like garbage by them as well yeah. he goes to the pet store to get food for his turtles and he tries to talk to Adrian who he really sees something in but of course Adrian's fighting her own battle as well and is very locked inside herself and so 
yeah, you get to see you get to see these people and their lives dealt with in a very honest, clear. It feels like there's no nonsense. I feel yeah. like now, like we were talking about, like if they made that movie today in 2017, you'd have to fabricate at about the 20 25 minute mark a way for him to be fighting somebody again or you'd have to you know what I mean you'd have to stop your character building to get an action beat in there or you'd lose the character stuff and I feel like that's what makes the movie yeah yes Uh, I have a few issues with some of the character interactions though yes Um, okay I don't and I think I got more used to it as the movie went on but the Rocky Adrian relationship was not clicking with me from the from the start. Okay, and what about it wasn't I don't, gelling? I don't think I understood Adrian. I couldn't figure out like at first when I when when she was on screen, I was like, is she deaf? Like she wasn't saying anything. I thought maybe that's what it was. And then like I get that she was shy, but like their first date was probably one of the most awkward things I've ever seen in a movie. Yes. It like hurt me to watch. Yes. Um and like there's this moment when she's in his apartment and he is like, hey, won't you, won't you sit on the couch? And she's like, I don't know you. And then she tries to leave and he like blocks the door. And I was like, no, this is like terrifying. Like I'm, I'm terrified for her. And then yes, if if you don't if you don't know Rocky Balboa at all and you see this scene out of context, you're right. That's that's at best real distressing. Right. For, okay, so for me, and I see everything that you're talking about, and this time uh, watching it again, I saw all of that stuff as well. I agree with you. A lot of it is very uncomfortable, but I think it needs to be. I think what you're feeling as an audience member is a lot like what they're probably feeling in that scenario. I think they're both, and obviously by the end of the movie, they love each other, and they, right. they realize they love each other, they accept it, and they're all, they're all in. And it ends with, Rocky wins that fight, or wins, he doesn't win, but he goes the distance. Yeah. He goes the distance, and even though he loses by split decision, he did exactly what he wanted to do. He he hit that, he cleared that uh, hurdle for himself, mm-hmm. and he proved that he could stand up to the champ and still be standing at the end of it. Yeah. And he's not thinking about that, he's thinking about where's Adrian, and he just wants to hold Adrian, and, and she wants to hold him. And it's really, it's a beautiful, touching ending. But before we get there, these are two people who certainly don't date very often. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. nothing else. And Rocky, Rocky, by his own admittance, is not the smartest guy. He's not the most eloquent guy. I think Rocky is actually a very romantic soul, but he's not adept at expressing it. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't know how to navigate that situation. And Adrian, you're talking about you. You felt like you didn't quite understand her character, which makes sense. I feel like the first couple of times I saw the movie, I just accepted it because you know it's like you know Rocky and Adrian. It's just it's it's there. You right. go with it didn't think too much about it this time through especially you talk about that scene with Polly where it finally boils over that's what her life has been mm-hmm. whatever whatever else happened on the best day for her yeah it's like that so you're looking at somebody who if let's say now Polly uses the word Polly a couple other characters too I think at different points but Polly specifically uh, uses the word retarded to describe her very disparaging and you know Rocky Defender saying that's not what it is yeah I agree it's not what it is you're seeing somebody who's been worn down by years of abuse and trauma at the hands of the person closest to her and it's not you know Polly doesn't beat the crap out of her yeah but internally just wearing her down over years and years and years and years and years and of course it's not like other people in her life 
not that there are many, yeah. but it's not like the other people she encounters are treating her with that much kindness either. So I completely bought that by this point she would be so completely shut down. She can't, uh, you know, Rocky compliments her like I alluded to before. He compliments her, says that she's pretty, and she can't doesn't has no idea what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Just can't put it anywhere in her brain because she's so shut herself off to the idea that she might be attractive. Yeah. So, yes, I agree. A lot of those date scenes are incredibly uncomfortable, but but they would be. That's like a these two people almost have to be born again for this to work, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can, I, I, I get it from that perspective. Like, y- yeah. Cause I, I don't think I, I thought about it from the fact that she's been in this super duper abusive household and, and, and uh, like, cause you get that later. I feel like when you first meet her, you're like, ah, oh, her, her brother's kind of shitty, but like, you don't necessarily feel like it's been this super intense verbal abusive relationship, but like from that perspective, it, it makes sense. Yeah, and you you realize too, and I think you can even see it in this movie. I mean, Polly doesn't after that that blow up, like you say, like in a lot of other stories in life, Polly may be out of their lives completely. They may never see him again. Yeah, but he's still there at the end. He's still there. He's hanging, supporting them. He like wants to do. Polly's not a bad person. He's just a. a I'm rem- okay, have you seen the Royal Tenenbaums? No. Okay, we're going to do a show on Royal Tenenbaums. One great. There's a great line at the end of Royal Tenenbaums where uh, Gene Hackman's character, Royal, has been... The whole movie hinges on his machinations to try and win back his family. Mm-hmm. And he's going to do so. He's going to get close to them again by lying to them and telling them that he's dying. Yeah. Now, eventually, uh, as you would assume it would, it comes to light what he's been doing and people are like, well, that's... That's not cool, Gene Hackman. Uh, there's a character played by Danny Glover, who is the new man in the life of Angelica Houston's character, who was Gene Hackman's ex-wife. You following all this? Great. Yes. So there's a line where it comes out, and they have a, a quiet moment between the two of them, a very brief moment, and Danny Glover has a line to him where he says, I don't think you're a bad person, Royal. I just think you're kind of a son of a bitch. <laughs> and I feel like that's Polly. Polly's yeah. not a bad person person he doesn't hate his sister i think he hates himself i think he's very down on himself in a way that to very different extents and it it manifests very differently much like adrian and rocky both are i think polly handles it the least well of anybody because adrian takes it on herself which is terrible you don't ever want to do that if you can avoid doing that to yourself yeah i think taking it out on others is a step even in a more destructive negative direction but he's not he's not a terrible person yeah i mean yeah i i can see that and i he's again he's somewhat redeemable like he's he's just a, he's not great but he's human yes yeah he's not a villain he's just a guy with problems who deals with things very poorly right um so i forgive him but it's, I think it's interesting. This story doesn't really have a villain, even the big, the big third act fight where you're you're doing your boss battle where he's fighting Apollo Creed. Yeah, Apollo Creed's not really the villain of the story either. He's not he's not there to block Rocky necessarily from doing much of anything. Yeah, well, the story is about people overcoming themselves, not necessarily an external force. You know, it's about Polly getting out of his own way. It's about uh, Adrian kind of 
superseding the things that she thinks of herself. It's about Rocky overcoming his like aging and, and, and his own perceived boundaries. Like there, if there was like some kind of mustache twirly villain, I think it would detract from all of the other aspects of the movie. Agreed. I don't think we do definitely get far more cartoony antagonists the further into the series we get. Right. I mean, uh, Rocky Two is essentially a rematch between Rocky and Apollo. And I love at the end of this movie, Apollo's like, there's not going to be a rematch. And then in the second movie, basically opens with Apollo going, but actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Rocky too. I like Rocky too. I feel like I don't remember a ton from Rocky too, uh, because to me, you've got Rocky, you've got Rocky too, but then it's really when you get to Rocky three, that things get just joyfully bonkers. Yeah. Rocky three is the one with Mr. T and Eye of the Tiger, and it's the one where after winning the rematch against Apollo Creed, he Rocky discovers, wow, this uh, Clubber Lang, as played by Mr. T, mm-hmm. just so crazy and so tough and so vicious. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to my former rival and former heavyweight champion of the world, Apollo Creed, and he's going to help train me. And now we're going to take his technique and my technique and mash them together. Mm-hmm. We're going to run down the beach in short shorts. It's going to be super great. And then I'm going to I'm going to beat Clubber, which he does. Finally, spoilers. Yeah, yes, Rocky wins all in these the movies. Spoilers. By the way, Rocky wins in all of the Rocky. Even when he doesn't win, he still wins. So, like he doesn't win in the first movie, but he does. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So then we get to four. <laughs> And in four is where you've got you've got uh, Dolph Lundgren as Ivan Drago, and much much like in the first movie, Apollo Creed allows his hubris to get the better of him. And even though now Apollo is on the is now on the back end of, of the hill, as it were, yeah, um, still in great shape. He can still he can still do it. He's still a good fighter. But Ivan Drago is is essentially. Uh, He's manufactured to be a weapon, essentially. Yeah. And so Apollo challenges him. He basically, just to, as a demonstration, he's like, I'm going to beat this dude. It's going to be a U.S. whooping Russia. Um, and gets in the ring despite everybody's warnings. Rocky tells him, you don't have to do this. And Apollo insists, yes, I do. And as referenced in Creed, years later, uh, Drago kills Creed in the ring. And then Rocky has to go to Russia and fight Ivan Drago and the whole thing becomes really does become about US and Russia relations there's a yeah. lot of montages in the movie there's a robot in that one because Rocky because Rocky has a, a bunch of money I guess because he keeps winning these titles and he lost his title to Clubber Lang but then he gets it back so Rocky at this point in the movies is a pseudo celebrity yeah. I haven't seen these movies in years so I'm like pulling real hard from my right. memory but I think it's uh, I think they have a birthday party for Pauly think it's Polly's, and there's just a robot that because Rocky has a ton of money there's just a robot that they bought for the house that like brings in a cake or something it's been years but there is a robot in this one uh-huh. and then you get to Rocky 5 which is widely regarded as the weakest in the series but Rocky 5 is also a little bit of a dry run for elements of, of story that would show up later in Creed in that Rocky is now unable to fight the way he used to be and takes on a young protege uh, yeah. to train, uh, but and the, the kid ends up being a total jerk, uh, mm. and then Rocky ends up having to fight him in the street at the end. It's okay. It's not as bad as its reputation would suggest, but it's not as strong as some of the other movies in the series. Uh, Rocky's son 
is a character in the movie played by Sage Stallone, uh, Sylvester Stallone's real-life son, who, oh. who uh, tragically in the years since has passed away. Oh. But then you get to Rocky Balboa, which is great. Uh, his son is in that one, too, uh, this time played by Milo Ventimiglia from uh, oh, yes. This Is Us. From Heroes. And Heroes yes. is where I first saw him. Um, and Rocky Balboa is excellent as well. And that, too, is a little bit of a spin on the original Rocky and that now Rocky is even older. He's been to the top of the mountain and he's lost everything and come back. Now he's running a restaurant and he's, he's doing okay for himself, but Adrian's no longer there. Right. And it's about now the, the current champ sees like a computer simulation where it's like, you know, one-time former heavyweight champion Rocky Balboa. How are, how would he fare against this new champ? Let's see what our computer simulation of this match has to say. The simulation has Rocky winning. So the the champion's like, nonsense. I'm going to fight him for real and we're going to see who's really the best. And so it becomes, again, not about winning, but much like in the original movie, yeah. can I, at this age now, go the distance with with the young champ. Okay. Um, it's actually, Rocket Balboa is quite good, but going all the way back to talking about Apollo in this first movie, Apollo is not presented, as you say, he's not a mustache twirling villain. He's not a villain at all. He's a showman. Yeah. He's a great fighter, but he's a showman and he's, and he's running a business. You see Rocky now, like once they say, like, we're going to pluck him out of obscurity and we're going to give him this underdog an opportunity to fight the champ. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And it's all, it's all a publicity stunt. For Apollo, Apollo knows he's the best. He even if this guy's a great fighter, I'm I'm Apollo Creed. Right. So all of these moments where you see Rocky either training, or you know he's uh, on TV for the first time, or he's just making these little incremental steps towards his goal. Cut to Apollo, and Apollo's just making phone calls. He's managing his brand. He's not taking this seriously as a fight because he doesn't think he has to mm-hmm. and it's the inverse of what all of the other characters in the movie are experiencing it's the antithesis of I need to work 10 times as hard as the next 10 people to prove to myself that I can be this that yeah. I can be worth it that I could even have a shot at being the best and Creed is just like yeah, I am the best I'm fine. I'm right here. I got it. I got I got some phone calls to do. It's, it's cool. It's totally whatever. Yeah. And that's why he doesn't lose, but he comes real close mm-hmm. because Rocky's sitting there and he's putting the work in and he's, he's, he's killing himself just so the chance exists. And Creed doesn't have to. And right. that's what gets him in trouble. Interesting. Um, hmm. So it feels like, based on what you've told me, the only real, like, villains... Are like Mr. T and uh, not uh, Drago. Drago. Um, there are more. Yeah, there are more villainous characters uh, as you get further in, and again, it gets more and more comic booky the further into the series you go. But yes, I mean, Mr. T is basically playing Mr. T, but angrier. Right. Uh, Ivan Drago is is a. I mean, you watch, we watch Arrow. Remember, remember <laughs> Dolph Lundgren on this yes. most recent season of Arrow. Right. It's like that. Only he talks less and punches more. Right. I was expecting Mr. Gazzo to be a, a villain or like some kind of villainous person, but he just turned out to just be a dude. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's mobbed up, you know what I mean? Like I mean, he's, he's like, sending people out to do collections, but he's no, it's going to sound weird, he's no more villainous than your average workaday criminal. Right. Well, if, again, if this movie was made today, then he would have been the one being like, Ah, oh, we're gonna make we're gonna make some money off of Rocky. We're gonna have him do all the things, and uh, we're gonna use our mob ties and blah blah blah. Like he would have been the ultimate villain of the the sh- the movie, but like he just turned out to be a guy that Mick thought or Mickey thought wasn't great. 
which I think was really interesting. Yeah, he does he does come back again in Rocky Two, but I don't again my, my memory of Rocky Two is probably the vaguest out yeah. of all of them, so I don't really remember in what capacity. But yeah, it's not you're right. If we'd gotten this movie today, I think they maybe would have tried to tie the maybe like some some aspect of the mob story in with the boxing story somewhere, somehow, but no, it's really just it it they exist to service Rocky's story. Right. The mob aspect is only there in a very minor capacity, and it's only there at all, because if you're Rocky Balboa and you don't have a mind, but you're a strong guy and you need to earn a buck, there is work like that available for you. And I think it's just Rocky's in this place until he doesn't have to be anymore. And once yeah. he's not, once he doesn't have to be, he's not in that place anymore, and suddenly the mobsters are not important. Important, yeah. Um, so I would be remiss. This is, this is our last topic today. So get your thoughts together. Uh, but Mickey, I think all of his interactions with Rocky were really, they were very emotional. Um, I think that, I don't know how you felt like, and even if it hits you today, but that moment when Rocky is in his apartment and Mickey comes in and he's just talking about the old times and Rocky's having none of it. And then that moment when, when Rocky like kicks him out and then is just screaming at the top of his lungs. You gotta about, help like, me, Mick! Yeah, that like got me so hard. Mm -hmm. um, him just talking about how, like him just, I think for the first time in the movie, uh, being outright about his, his fears and why he can't do it and, and how broken and battered he really is in terms of his body and, and how he's past his prime and things like that, like, ugh, got me so hard. Um, and I love that it, like, it ended with, end with him going after Mickey and being like, they like shake hands, there's no words, it's just this moment where he goes and like, he gives him like a hug, you know? Yeah, I quite enjoy Burgess Meredith's work in, in, all of the Rocky movies that he is in. Burgess Meredith also, most people who watch this movie, well, all right, I'll phrase it this way. You would be <laughs> forgiven. You would be forgiven for watching this movie and not realizing that this is the same actor who, for example, played the Penguin on the 1966 uh, Batman TV series. Oh. Uh, opposite uh, the, the just recently departed Adam West. R.I.P. R.I.P. Uh, but yeah, it's the same guy. It's this is so strange to me because there's almost no similarity at all between the two portrayals. But his work as Mickey is wonderful. He shows up in the first three Rocky movies. Uh, in Rocky Three, spoilers. In Rocky Three, he dies. Uh, he's uh, Clubber Lang basically punches him, and he's an old guy. And Mr. Cheese is Mr. Cheese, is like vicious uh, pit bull of a guy. Yeah. Um, and like punches him or like shoves him really hard as he's trying to get by him, and I guess like the internal uh, damage. Yeah. And, and Mickey's—he's an old guy to begin with, and Mickey passes away. Um, but then comes back, I believe, in a—he's not a flashback, but he's like Is a he spectral form-ish. Okay. In five, there's a scene that he's in, and I think it's really meant to be a flashback. But Burgess Meredith, Meredith is obviously a little bit older. Uh, by the time you get to Rocky Five, and he yeah. goes in the shot rocket, so it's one of those where it's like you're not meant to have aged but you have <laughs> but um, his work is wonderful and I love that he is when Rocky can't be the heart for himself yeah Mickey becomes Rocky's heart and he's almost like a, a curmudgeonly Jiminy Cricket mm -hmm. sometimes in a way um, he's once he fully invests <laughs> in Rocky Cricket 
and I and I think too he didn't want to invest in Rocky in the first place because he didn't want to experience that crushing disappointment. Right. Like he lived his whole life desperately wanting to be to the, almost in a way not unlike Polly, not even to do the thing, but just to be a part of the thing. Mm-hmm. He knows now, especially at this point in his life, he's uh, he's going to be a, a manager and not a fighter. He's yeah. too old, but. He sees an opportunity with Rocky to be a part of something, to have something that he was never able to have himself. Yeah. So in a way, it felt to me, and again, this is stuff that I didn't really connect with as as much until this last time watching it. Mm-hmm. God, Mickey's got like this. This is good writing too. Like Stallone, <laughs> Stallone, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on him, but like look at the screenplay for Rocky. This is a good script. Oh yeah. Um, and he did this himself, apparently in a pretty short time frame okay. and then I think part of the condition of selling the script was he had to be attached as the lead mm-hmm. and of course at the time people didn't know who Sylvester Stallone was he wasn't one of the, thing, the biggest yeah. yeah one of the biggest figures in in movies um, and I think there was some resistance but of course of course nobody else could have played this part but it's a great script because every character is dealing with a version of the same the same uh, journey, the same issue, and I think for Mickey, it is it is true as well. It's like if if you can do this, that means I did it with you. It's like we're doing this together now. We mm-hmm. can, we can get you there. You don't believe that you can get you there, and I am terrified to invest because you don't believe you can get there. Yeah. But once I invest in you, I'm going to invest five hundred and ten percent, and we're going to do it together. I mean, you, and he talked. There's that scene where he's talking about, you know, uh, why. Uh, it's like, why didn't I get? Why did this other guy get to the pinnacle and I didn't? Mm-hmm. And his whole point was it's because he had a manager. I can be that for you, and we can rise. And yeah. I, I think that's really cool that even Mickey, who is who is uh, age wise, perspective wise, as far removed from the rest of the characters as anyone else in the story, is still still a human being and he's mm-hmm. still having uh, his own version of that internal struggle against his himself against his own doubt against his own sense of failing of lack of accomplishment god it's a good, it's a good script <laughs> it really is uh, and I think that's I think I have to leave it with that sentiment yeah so like okay you having never seen it yes right like you you're thumbs up on it you feel good yes I really liked it I I uh, I'm really interested in seeing all the follow-ups. I think that like the the story ages well, and I think as you age, you identify more with these characters as well. I got way more out of it now in my I'm in my God, I'm in my late twenties. I'm gonna die. Uh, <laughs> um, but I got a lot more out of it, a lot more out of it this time than I I think I've ever gotten out of it before. And it's been a few years since I had seen it, and I expect that in another 10 years or so, it's going to be downright haunting. Oh, yeah. You're going to be like, I'm Mick now. Yes. Ah, yeah. I'm going to teach all the young people. <laughs> I'm going to teach them, teach them to the end. Uh, I'm Mick. Lex Mick. Goal. Anyways. Oh, uh, no. Um, uh, no, you got caught me, Mick. <laughs> so we're all, on the, we're all on this journey together, and... Uh, we hope that you guys, the audience, will go on this journey with us. This is the, I guess, I don't know what the name for when you kick off a ship is. Uh, the, the Maiden Voyage. Maiden Voyage. The inaugural journey. Inaugural episode of Missing Out. Uh, so we hope that you don't miss out on future episodes. 
Uh, you can keep track of us on social media, on our Twitter, which is Missing Out Cast. So at Missing Out Cast. Uh, and also on our personal Twitters, I'm at Tari J, T E R I J A Y. And I am at the Lex Michael. Uh, so great. We hope that you will continue on this journey with us and that you will usher us into the next level. Be our Mick, guys. Be our Mickey.